What is up, guys? Thank you for joining me this week on the Christian Universe Podcast. This week, I'll be talking about the power of the tongue. Life and death and the power of the tongue. So, life and death. Let's start off there. Life is a blessing from God. Death is a curse that we have been given or that we have inflicted upon ourselves due to sin. Okay? So I split them up into those two categories. Bless represents... Each letter of bless represents a word. For B, it stands for building. For L, it stands for loving. For E, it stands for encouraging. For S, it stands for soothing. For the other S, it stands for spiritful. Same goes with curse. The C in curse represents critical. The U in curse represents unwholesome. The R in curse represents ridiculing. The S in curse represents sharp. The E in curse represents evil. But let's start about... Let's start with the question, do my words bring life or bring death? Or in other words, do they build others up or do they put others down? Do they cut them down as some people would like to say? Building words instruct, improve, build up, edify, promote growth or affirm growth. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any wholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only it's oh, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. See, this is where I like to this is like where I like to put that word, that little saying that we like to say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. This is exactly what this part is talking about, because if we don't have anything nice to say, you're supposed we're here to build each other up. We're not here to put each other down, make people feel worse about themselves for the wrongdoing that they did. But sincere compliments and word of affirmation strengthens people positive traits god's word builds us up by telling us who we are in christ and how to live victoriously in contrast critical words we get into that c of curse critical words judge and find fault tear down beat up and focus on defects and inadequates in proverbs 11 verse 9 it says with their word the godless destroy their friends you see this is something that a lot of us do and some of us do it without knowing because we've done it so often that it has become a habit that we don't have anything good to say but because we must say something we tear that person down now I'm not don't get me wrong I'm not saying make anyone feel good about the wrong that they've done or anything like that but we are to encourage them to understand that they are not the wrong doing that they did we're to let them know hey this was wrong that you did but you can overcome it and you tell them a personal story about yourself you can overcome it um so that's what we are to do All right. So next, are our words loving or unwholesome? See, now we're getting to the L of bless and the U of curse. 
Let's start off with the loving part. Loving words reflect God's nature. Love is the hallmark of a believer and the perfect regulator of the tongue. Of the tongue, sorry. Love seeks a person's eternal best and tells the truth in a constructive way. It never flatters, but warns, confronts, and protects. Ephesians 4, verse 4 sorry Ephesians 4 verse 15 and 25 say instead we will speak the truth in love growing in every every way more and more like Christ who is the head of his body the church all right so that saying of when I say something harsh it's in love that saying basically what this is saying is tearing that down Yes, it's true, but we are to say it in love. And as they said there, it is to say it, be said in a constructive way. Sometimes we feel like because we're saying the truth and it may come across harsh and it may put the person down, it is still the truth. And because you feel that you love the person, you feel that you are telling them the truth in love. But like, but that's where we mix love and critical that's where we start to mix bless and curse with our tongue. That's why I started off saying that it is like a two-edged sword. It can break, it can make you or break you. Okay? If we look at Romans 13 verse 10, it says, Love does not to wrong to others. So, love fulfills the requirements of God's law. Proverbs 27 verse 5 also says an open rebu rebuke is better than a hidden love. So basically that's saying if you don't love me, straight out come and let me know. Don't act like you love me. And don't act like you love me. Don't act like you hate me either because that's just as bad. Let me know that you hate me. Don't act like you hate. Don't act like you love me if you do not love me. That's what the rebuke that's what it's talking about if we also look at the verse after that it says wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy so if we look at the story of David real quick um Saul and David their relationship was great but his fr but David's friendship was so much greater with Paul's son Jonathan than it was with his father even though his father was the one that was feeding him clothing him his father was the one that was providing for him they were they were great people together okay um we had David playing the harp for him as he slept in the beginning of his story to the point where he became one of Saul's most honored warriors but in the end, David did not mourn Saul's death. He mourned the death of his brother, Jonathan. Not his blood brother, but one thing that you realize as life goes on that there are people, they say that you can't choose your family and they're correct. But you can choose the people that you decide to call family. I have brothers here and I have brothers biological to me and I have brothers that are in Christ that 
hold me together. And you guys have heard from them. One of them is Jaden Antwee. He is my brother. All right. But um, if we look at Proverbs 27, verse 17, it also says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So love sharpens love, all of that. So check the motive behind what you want to say and remember to be sincere in your love and bless others instead of cursing them. So let's talk about all unwholesomeness. Unwholesome words are the opposite of loving words. They make unfair comparisons. Why can't you be like whomever? These use were these use people as a dumping ground for worry, needless chatter, and negative information. Such talk harms people's mental and moral well-being. Whereas speaking the truth for the good of the ear and shows respect, unwholesome words manipulate and use people and grieve the Holy Spirit. Discard this talk like overripe fruit. If we check in Ephesians 4.29, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Right? We read that when we were talking about building up others, and it's coming back again because that unwholesome talk is saying, Why can't you do this right? He can do it right. Why can't you? If he can do it, why can't you? See, that misconception of if he can do it, I can do it. That's it can it can be a true statement, but that's not what you're supposed to do. You're not to compare yourself. Um, something that I recently learned in my Christian walk is that I have to stop comparing my Christian walk with Christ, my spiritual walk with him to others. Because people have been in the faith longer than me. People have found either, people have found what they are looking for before me. But God is still cleaning me. I need to stop comparing myself to them. Because if I keep focusing on them, the further and further I draw away from Christ. Because I'm trying to be like them instead of who Christ wants me to be. Okay? If you look in Proverbs 26, verse 28, it says, A lying tongue hates its victims, a flattering and flattering words cause ruin. Okay? So, people that lie to you, they can say that they love you, but they also hate you. That's what this is saying. I'm going to put it as blunt as possible. As blunt as, as it is. Somebody that lies to you, they can claim to love you, but in their hearts, they hate you. They might not hate you in the sense of, they don't want you or anything, but they hate something that you have done or that they have done, so they lie to cover it up. And then they use flattering words basically to manipulate you, as it said. It manipulates and use people so that, and it causes ruin because after a while, once you get around that flat, those flattering words, you realize that the person was lying to you and what they were saying was wrong was actually the truth. Right? If we look at Proverbs 10 verse 19, it says, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Alright, so here we go. See, this is what I'm talking about. 
this is what I'm talking about when I say if you don't have something good to say, don't say anything at all. This is where it's called talking about restraint. Because we all have words. Trust me. We got words. Me talking right now, I got words. I probably haven't used even 25% of the words that's in my vocabulary that I know. Okay? So, we have a multitude of wit- of words that sin can use. But we need to learn restraint to hold our tongue. And we need to ask God, like how in Psalms 3 says, it says, take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. That's what we need to do. We need to ask God to come before us as I have asked him before I started this podcast to not let me talk, but that he talks through me. So you guys are hearing my voice, but what is being said is not coming from Kareem Maynard. It's coming straight from God through Kareem Maynard. Okay. Another one that we could look at, and this is going to be the last one is Philippians 2 14 and it says do everything without grumbling or arguing <laughs> alright now he now, now God talking to me cause when mom says something I don't like I like to grumble I like to be like man why couldn't you just do it yourself if that's the problem man why, why you gotta act like that man why you gotta do all of that it's not even that serious but God says do everything without grumbling or arguing so, us, so me standing up there arguing back with my mom about something that has no business being argued about because I'm in my wrong I'm wrong period even if I was right I'm still wrong because I'm standing up there arguing same thing when I grumble after she has given me a direct order that she could have done herself I am doing wrong now let's talk a little bit about gossip which is unwholesome words a gossip betrays a confidence, separates close friends, and keeps a quarrel going. <laughs> I bet y'all... Okay, see, I don't need to go any further into that because that's exactly what a go- gossip is. It Because a person told you something in confidence, you've broken that confidence, and you've told somebody else that was outside of the circle that actually, they, when somebody gossips it's most times about something that the person asked you not to tell anyone and the fact that you were able to tell someone about it tells me or even the people that you're gossiping to that they cannot trust you and it separates that close relationship that you had with that person to be the reason that they came to you in the first place to tell you whatever they told you and then it keeps a quarrel going because that person is upset with you And because they can't deny what others are thinking about them or saying about them because it is the truth. And now this person that told you this in confidence has a reputation that is ruined for the rest of their life because they know something that not necessarily was trying to be kept under wraps but was not a proud moment in their life and they didn't want people to know about it because they were ashamed now you've created a reputation for them that will scorn them for life and you and them are at distance ends always you see each other you give each other well the person gives you a stank look because you have betrayed their trust right let's move on to letter E 
of bless and letter R of curse. Let's talk about encouragement. All right. To encourage a person is to inspire, inspire with courage or hope. To head, to hearten. My bad. Encouragement provides the home at team advantage. It urges people to be brave and exercise their God-given gifts. It says, I believe in you. Through Christ, you can do it. You are not alone. If we look at Hebrews 3 verse 13, it says, But encourage one another daily. Not weekly, not monthly, but daily. As long as it is called today. It didn't say encourage a person daily as long as it is called yesterday. Or it didn't say but encourage one another daily as it is called tomorrow. It said but encourage one another daily as it is called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness if you look also if you look at first thessalonians 5 verse 14 it says encourage the disheartened help the weak be patient with everyone all right this this one is talking to me as well because sometimes I'm I'm, 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 I'm I'm putting myself on blast right now but sometimes i'm impatient very impatient especially when something is so simple to me but you're not getting it I'm very impatient but encourage the disheartened help the weak let's pause there real quick and talk about it if somebody does not get something you find another approach you don't give up you find another approach you let them know it's okay just like in math there are a hundred possibilities to the same answer if, if you can't get x squared plus b squared equals c squared, maybe you'll get x times x, I mean a times a plus b times b is equal to c times c. Now for some that might sound like a whole mouthful and be like, how can you possibly get that? That sounds so irritating, but somebody can get that easier than if you sit down there and you scream at them to understand x square I mean a square plus b square equals c square because they're not understanding the square but if you break it down and say hey square is just a times a so whatever it is multiplied by itself by the amount of times that is x so if it says a to the third power it is a times a times a so that is where it says be patient with everyone be patient with the little kid that understands not a word that's coming out of your mouth. Be uh, be patient. That is our God-given gift. To be patient with everyone. Alright, we have to encourage people by showing respect for them. Even when their opinions are different from ours. <laughs> this is one that um is gonna hit a lot of people because here it's talking about politics. We are to show them respect, even if their opinions differ. And I'm, I'm saying politics because that's one that separates a lot of people. Politics is one that has divided this country a lot. 
people have decided to close businesses or quit jobs because of different political views. Now, if we disagree on a movie, ain't nobody quitting a job over a disagree of a movie. But if you don't back my political view, what else don't you back that values that I value? And that is something that we have to get past. All right. Let's talk about Greece. I mean, <laughs> my bad. Sorry. Ooh, back it up, back it up, back it up. My bad, my bad. Got got a little thoughts going, and I don't know nothing about Greece. But let's talk. Let's continue the topic on encouragement. Geese in flight honk to encourage the goose in front, who breaks the resistance of the wind. All right, so. We got the goose who is known to be in front. So the goose is the leader of the pack and the geese are the people, are the other goose following behind the goose. The goose is the one breaking the wind so that the children or whomever behind does not have to go through that stress of doing that. And that is God right there. God is going before us to create a path. And we are to... Although we don't need to, we are to be encouraging God to... Well, actually, I think that back. Because he's doing both. He's doing both. That's how great God is. He is taking such a big burden off of us, first off, that we don't have to create our own path. We don't have to fight through the devil's armies. Yes, we have to fight through his temptations and his lies and his doors of being uh, doors being shut in front of our faces. But like one of my favorite, I'm not sure who said it, but they said, when one door is shut in your face, all you got to do is walk down some more. Because I guarantee you, I can guarantee you that God has opened a door down there. And remember, nothing happens without God's knowing all right we are to be cheerleaders we are in, in, to encourage each other to exercise our spiritual gifts even though they may take time away from our responsibilities as people here we are to encourage each other in spending work in spending time with God Let's talk about ridiculing. So ridiculing is controversy. It's mocking. It's taunting. It's name calling. Ridicule is a form of rejection and devalues people made in God's image. A friend's family called her a little dummy growing up. Name calling is not funny to be one derided. Sorry, I'm not sh Yeah, berated. Sorry. Ridiculing words cloaked in a thin veil of humor still hurt. Even if you don't mean ill, it is injuring the person. Your tongue becomes a destructive weapon and not a life-giving tool. See... That's where I um want to break this myth about sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is the that is a lie that a lot of us still believe in today. 
Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words for sure will break me. Because one thing is for sure, words are stronger than any stick or stone. Yes, I might have a broken spinal cord, I might have a twisted ankle, but after a while, the pain will go from the broken spinal cord. Sure, I'll have the memory of every day of having this roll around in a wheelchair or not being able to go up the stairs. The, my tissues will em, eventually mend together to get my foot back good as new and the pain will subside. But your words is something that sticks with us forever. People like to say that children remember everything. And they're right. Children do remember everything. But so do adults. Adults remember everything. Our human nature is to remember everything negative and not a whole lot of positive. Okay? So, <laughs> so, we would hear two, three weeks, hey, you're a dummy. You're an Idiot, how could you not understand this? And during that week, we could also hear, man, you are smart, you understand this. And I, I can't believe I didn't understand. Man, the way you explain that is so cool. You, you got a bright future ahead of you. But then when you guys talk it out or sit down, you're not going to remember that they called you smart or that you have a bright future ahead of you. The first thing that you're going to remember is the fact that two weeks ago they called you a dummy, an idiot. Then afterward, after they bring up the scenarios, that's when you're going to remember that they called you smart and having a bright future ahead of you. See, so that's what I'm talking about. We never remember the goodness that someone shows us because we hurt on the inside, even though we don't show it all the time. Like you can also take the form of making making light of someone's sorrow. Ephesians 5 verse 4 says, Nor some, nor should there be absurdity, foolish talk, or coursing joke, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. If we also look at Proverbs 25 Verse 20, it says, Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on a wound, is one who sings a song to a heavy heart. There we go again, talking about doing wrong to others, making others feel bad. Before you ridicule someone, remember what James 3 verse 6 says, and it says, The tongue also is fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. So basically what, that, what James 3 is saying that, is that we destroy each other and ourselves by our words. And it is fueled 
Destructive words are fueled by hell. They are fueled by Satan. Now another question I got for you is, is my tongue soothing or is it sharp? Right? We've gone over ridiculing others. We've gone over um, building others up. We've gone over loving each other. We've also gone over critical, criticizing. We've also gone over unwholesomeness. We've also gone over ridiculing once again. But now, it's time to figure out, is my tongue soothing or is it sharp? Soothing words heal. A quiet and a gentle spirit is precious to God and does not need to snap or to yell. A soothing tree is a tree of life. I'm sorry, a soothing tongue is a tree of life but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit you can find that verse in Proverbs 15 verse 4 okay and that that verse right there kind of kind of hits you with both hits you with both actually it doesn't kind of it does hit you with both your sharp words those on those same un, um, unwholesome words are the words that crush the spirit. The some critical words crush the spirit. But the loving words, they're the ones that bring life. They're the ones that heal the wounds. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up stirs up anger All right and some I can't really explain this one because I have to I have to understand what a gentle answer is cuz mom and I have argued but I've always seen that myself as being gentle, as being calm. But reading this verse says, but a harsh word stirs up anger. That means that I have said something to create more problems than necessary. Let's also look at Proverbs 31 verse 26 it says she opens her mouth in wisdom and the teachings of kindness is on her tongue um real quick she here is the bride and Christ in the Bible she or the bride is known as the church so here it's saying the church opens its mouth in wisdom and the teachings of kindness is what is supposed to be coming out of the church's mouth if we also look at 2nd Timothy 2 verse 24 and 25 it says and the Lord's bound servant must not quarrel not must not be quarrelsome but be kind to all able to teach patient when wrong 
with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. All right, let's pause right there real quick. So we must be kind to all. We must be able to teach. All right, so if we're able to teach, so let's, let's put this in realistic terms. If we're patient when wronged, we're being kind. And a lot of people have wronged us and almost everyone in our lives, everyone that we meet will wrong us in some way, somehow. So, if we're patient when wronged, we're kind to all. And if we're kind to all and patient when wrong, that means that we are able to teach. And with all of those we will obtain gentleness, which allows us to correct those who are in opposition. Right, let's continue. If perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. All right, that ends 2 Timothy 2, verse 24 and 25. All right. When we abide in Christ, we stay calm and composed. In quietness and trust, we find strength. Now let's talk a little bit about let's talk about sharp words. We we touched on it a little bit earlier when we read Proverbs 15 verse 4. But let's 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 dive in a little bit more deeper. Okay. Sharp words cut and slice like a chef's knife. If you don't know what a chef's knife is, that is the sharpest knife in the kitchen. Because that knife is pretty much used for everything. It is used to cut the meat just as it is used to cut the vegetables. It is used to cut the seasonings just as it is used to cut the fruit. Sharp words include insults, jabs, so, because immediately when I heard that word, I'm like, what boxing got to do with this? But that's not what it means. It means little things that you know will tick the person off, that will upset the person. So you are willingly throwing things at them that you know will upset them, causing a reaction. Let's continue. Jabs and cursed words usually spoken in anger and bitterness. Alright, not gonna spend too much time on that. Psalms 51 verse 2 says, You who practice deceit, your tongue plots destruction. It is like a sharpened razor. Hmm. Let's let's replace that real quick. Let's let's put it. I might be searching up the Bible here, but I like I like Chef's knife. So let's put that in there. You who practice deceit, your tongue plots destruction. It is like a chef's knife. But now that I think about it, sharpened razor. I understand why they put sharpened razor because it makes more sense. Because when you have a sharpened razor and you're not careful with that sharpened razor you can cut yourself creating blood 
blood being shed. Alright? Psalms 57 verse 4 says, I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravages beasts. Men whose teeth are like spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Alright, see there? See there? See see where where I talked about at the beginning how our tongues are like a two-edged sword? Here, right here. That's where it talks about. One of my favorite motivational speakers, Jim Ron, said, if it is not necessary to scold, it is necessary not to scold. <laughs> Save strong tones to sound the alarm and protect, not to harm and scar. Now we're getting to the last now we're getting to the last ones. Now this one is the most important one. What power fuels my tongue and my words? Is it the Spirit, the Holy Spirit? Is it God? Is it Jesus? Is it the Trinity? Is it the Father? Or is it the snake, the author of deception, the prince of earth, Satan himself, the dragon, the devil? Let's start off with spiritual words. Spiritual words provide the power and wisdom to harness the tongue. The Bible says no human being can tame the tongue. It is a relentless, full, it is relentless, evil. <laughs> That's an important part, sorry. It is a relentless, evil, full of deadly poison. And that right there can be found in James 3, verse 8. Self-effort can't tame the tongue. Neither can good intentions. We need the power of God, and we have it. Real quick before I continue, if you were able to tune in um, February... I think it was February 5th? Yes, February 5th to my live stream... The first one that I talked about was being sure of your relationship with God. And one of the questions was, can we achieve salvation through good works? And right there, right there, just said it. Self-effort cannot tame the tongue, neither can good intentions. So not only can self-effort not give you the kingdom, but it cannot tame your tongue. We need the power of God. We need God to do it. And the funny thing is, right? It's not really that funny, but to me at least it is funny. We ask God to come and save us from all these things. But the thing is, he, ha he already has. So we need the power of God. We already have it. Ephesians 5 verse 17 to 20 commands us to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Our words reveal who controls our hearts. A life filled with the Holy Spirit pours out blessing and 
thanksgiving spirit-filled lips make sweet music instead of noisy gongs you know my teacher used to say an empty vessel makes the most noise but a full one makes no noise at all or it will not break so when we are filled with the Holy Spirit what we talked about earlier about being calm in situations it will be easier but if we are empty we make a lot of noise that's when we are quick to anger that's when we are quick to argue I'm talking to myself right here too because I'm wondering Kareem are you empty? Because you seem to be quick to anger. You seem to be quick to argue. So are you empty, Kareem? In Matthew, 11, in Matthew 12, 34 to 35, it says, Jesus said, For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man out of his good treasure brings forth what is good. And the evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth what is evil. I'm not gonna stay too long on that because Galatians 5 22 to 23 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Alright, let me pause there for a second. And I plan to do an episode about these, but these here are known to us Christians as the fruits of the Spirit. To us, we believe that if you have one, you have them all. If you do not have one, you have none of them. So I love, but am I truly at peace? I'm kind, but am I self-controlled? See, yes, we can take it day by day and say today, focusing on love. But it's gotta be a daily commitment. And it can't be a daily commitment that says, today I'm gonna focus on love. All right, I've mastered love. Tomorrow I'm gonna focus on joy. No, because as you're focusing on joy, you start to neglect, you start to neglect love. So you gotta say, today I'm gonna focus on love. Tomorrow I'm gonna focus on love and joy. The day after I'm gonna focus on love, joy, and peace. The day after, I'm going to focus on love, joy, peace, and patience. I like how I put some extra emphasis on that. Love, joy, peace, and patience. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like scoring anybody, but like patience. That's the whole key. That's the whole key. There's two keys. There might be more, but two keys to me that register within me that I know for a fact 
will help me grow spiritually with God and make it to heaven. One of them is patience. Patience in trusting God's plan. The other one is just faith. That's it. Faith and patience, that is what is keeping me in line with Christ day in, day out. The fact that I have faith that what he is planning is great. And the fact that I am patient to wait and see what his plans are. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting around waiting for his plans to come through. I am still working on myself and working, hoping and praying that they are in line with his plans, that he will not have to detour me back onto the right track. But like I said, that is something that I take on faith. Let's get back into it. Present your tongue to God as an instrument of righteousness. Ask him to fill you with his spirit, his spirit. Practice offering him praise and thanksgiving. And watch God infuse your tongue with life-giving power. Spirit-filled lips bless God and bless people. So submit your heart to God and hand him the reins of your tongue. Alright. Now before we now before we finish all, you know, we still gotta talk about the evil fueled words. The evil words that come out of our mouth. James 3, 6, we talked about this already, says the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of its life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. What we didn't read was James 3 verse 8, and that is, it is a relentless evil full of deadly poison. Hmm. So first, we have a tongue not under the control of the Holy Spirit, but it's under the control of a relentless evil set on fire by hell, which is controlled by the evil one, or as we like to call him, Satan. And then that relentless evil <laughs> Oh gosh, I'm about to step on some toes. But that relentless evil that some of us call sin. I like to call it sin, because that's who brought sin. Satan. Satan is the one that brought sin, but we are the one that allowed it to influence our world. I'm not blaming Adam and Eve, I'm blaming us as a human race. As a people, we allowed ourselves to be deceived by the devil day in and day out. And he is full of a deadly poison. You know, um, if you listen to, I think it's where liberty lies, Christ reside. Where Christ is, liberty lies. If you listen to that episode, which I think is episode four, three or four, it talks about how the chains of sin 
They're not comfortable, but we've been in them for so long that they seem comfortable. And that's exactly what this is talking about. The deadly poison isn't good for us, but because we've been drinking it for so long, it feels and tastes amazing. And if we go and we have that holy water, as some of us like to call it, or we go and have that clean out that God is asking us to have day in and day out, we might take a sip. We might say, today's the day I'm gonna finish the I'm gonna finish the bottle. Today's the day I'm gonna settle down. I'm gonna do it. But it tastes odd. You know, what I like to say is we gotta be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Cause it's gonna be uncomfortable. But enough. Matthew 12, verse 36 to 37 says, But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall get, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. And I say to you that every careless word that man shall speak, they shall render account for it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you shall be justified. And by your words, you shall be condemned. You know, I have a friend who radiates Jesus. She has blessed me in many ways with her prayers, encouragement, and insights from her walk with God. But she'll tell you she used she used to have a potty mouth, as we like to say. When she gave her heart to Jesus, she he transformed not only her heart, but also her tongue. Yes, the tongue is small, I agree with you. But it's also the most powerful part of our body not our legs not our arms no matter how much we want to work them out and make them stronger they are not the strongest it is our tongue unbridled it despot it dispenses deadly poison brittled by the holy spirit it blesses refresh and gives life is your tongue heaven's tool or hell's tool I'm asking you to give your heart and your tongue to Christ Jesus today and really ponder whose tool you want your tongue to be. Do you want your tongue to be a tool that gives life or a tool that takes it? gonna leave you with this verse Psalms 141 verse 3 and I've said it already and it says take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. Before I go, I'm going to pray with you guys. And it says, Lord, I know my lips often gets ahead of my mind and my heart. I'm quick to speak and I repent of many thoughtless things I have spoken. I'm sorry for those words I have been spoken in anger or in gossip. 
I ask you to help me to see when I am about to speak without thinking and check my heart. I'm asking you to help me be slow to speak. I'm asking you, Lord, to help me be a person full of loving words, full of your spirit, overwhelming with your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your gentleness, and most of all, your self-control. Lord, I also want to pray for the people that are listening right now because they have decided to take the time out of their day or maybe not even, they might be listening while they're doing something else. But I pray, God, that they are blessed and they understand the power that the tongue holds. Like I said, it's one of the smallest parts that we can see with a naked eye without having to kill someone or open someone up that the body has. But it is also the most powerful part of the body. So today, I once again, I ask you to keep us in check. In Jesus' precious name, I do pray with your thanksgiving, with your promise, dear God. Amen. And amen. Um, guys, I know this episode actually went really long. It's probably like it's really long. It's probably over an hour long once I finish editing and everything. But I really appreciate you guys staying with me and listening. And I really hope that you guys will look at within yourself and realize that our tongue has more power than we give it. We give it credit for having at least. Thank you for listening to me talk about this. And I hope that you were blessed as I am blessed. Have a great rest of your week or a great weekend whenever you are listening to this. Again, I ask you to let God guide you. Give your heart, your mind, and your tongue to Jesus Christ today. Ask him as Psalms 141 says, verse 3 says, ask him to take control of what you see and ask him to guard your lips. This this Saturday at 4 p.m., I will be talking about being Let me tell you, let me be more specific. How to be sure that you are a Christian. It's sort of kind of a follow-up of the very first episode that I did, What is a Christian? But I would love to see you all there. Come prepared with questions, information, comments. 
because this one will be a very special a very special Bible study I know I didn't tell you guys this earlier but I actually started it since Saturday gone which was February 5th but I highly suggest that you guys go and you listen to that because we were joined by Jaden and him and I being used by God were able to bless so many people and I pray that if you decide to go and listen to it that you are blessed as well You can find it. The YouTube channel is called Christian Universe Podcast. Exactly what this podcast is called is exactly how you can find it on YouTube. Now, I'm not going to keep you guys any longer, but thank you, thank you, thank you to all that came out and supported. I hope you all have a great, great rest of your day, great rest of your week or weekend. Peace out. Hope to see you there on Saturday or in the next episode.